0: You've heard of the Law of Attraction. You've likely even tried some of the old-school manifestation techniques. Why, after saying hundreds of positive affirmations and constantly attempting to get into some high-vibe state, does it feel like nothing is shifting? It's likely because you aren't manifesting from your unique energetic alignment. Want to find out how you can manifest more consistently and effectively? Take the short, fun, and informative quiz that we created And learn how to understand and utilize your energy to create abundance in your business. Go to www.manifestationquiz.com and take the quiz today. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, my friends, welcome back to the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I have with me today a friend, a good friend that we met like four years ago. It's been a while. In one hand, it feels like, wow, it's been four years. On the other hand, it feels like we just met. You know what I mean? Like, it's so strange how time, you know, there's that pandemic thing in between. But Lori Wright, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We had that blip of the pandemic too, but we you weren't in the mastermind for a while. So yeah. you were in it and then you left. And so now you're back. And so there's more contact, which is great.
0: Yes, which I, I really love. Yeah, we're in a business mastermind together and it's just really good to have. And this is for anyone out there listening to surround yourself with like-minded people, who are go-getters, who are going to get shit done in this world and with great heart. And I think that really, to me, represents all who you are. You you get stuff done in this world, my friend, but you do it with such heart. And I really, really love that.
1: Oh, thank you. That makes me feel good because sometimes I think I'm somewhat heartless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I My sister, I had a sister, and she used to always call me selfish my, when I was little. And so um, it just, like, always stuck with me that, like, I'm not kind enough. But, oh, yeah, well, that, that, is just,
0: that that is definitely a story because you are an incredibly kind human. That's, oh, thank you. That That's old story. Isn't that funny how we all have these old stories from the past that – you know, family stuff that, that those little, like they're little teas, right? Little traumas, not the big trauma, but those little ones, like that stuck with you, that she said that to you, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah. It, really? it was definitely a limiting belief that, you know, it's part of the identity that I, I inherited it because it was, it was always told to me by her. And, and I don't know, I, I think she was also the kind sister. Like there was two of us and yeah. I was the younger one. So I was the one that when we'd go to the grandparents' house, I would run and break something. And so it was always like, oh, she she wouldn't do that. So I was kind of like the, but you know, who when you want to be around somebody who's running around the house, then somebody sitting there being all good.
0: <laughs> well, and, and therefore she was the quote unquote perfect one, right? Like in my family dynamic, I was the perfect one. And my brother mm-hmm. was the rebel rouser. Now, that completely flipped as we got older, just FYI.
1: That's funny. Are you the youngest or the oldest? I'm the
0: oldest. I'm the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. See, the
1: oldest, it's usually, I I found, I went to a bed and breakfast one night or one weekend. And you know, these things, just the, this one small incident, and then it kind of stays with you forever is, and it was, uh, my first husband, we went. It was a marriage counseling weekend. It was like we were forced to go to marriage (laughs) counseling and there was a bookshelf and it had books you could read. And there was one about sibling dynamics Mm -hmm. and it, and it stuck with me because at the time I had little kids and I had the dynamic with my sister, but the oldest one is always, I guess, you know, there's a percentage of like 80% of the time is the one that is the pleaser is the one that is the good one. And yeah and nah. then the next one is always going to even things out the the younger ones going to look at the older one and say how's that person showing up in the world well i'm going to be the opposite of that
0: yes exactly you know i i think of it as my best little boy i call it the best little boy in the world syndrome you know that inner that little inner nick he's like trying to be the best trying to please the the parents trying to please the teacher you know that was really and that has been my What I've had to like break apart, that I don't have to be perfect, that I don't have to be the best at everything. You know, I got to this point in my life where, and this is gonna lead into my first question, where I felt like I wasn't gonna do it if I couldn't be the best at it. And I learned that with creativity, I had to let that go. So my first question to you is, what does creativity mean to you?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because to me creativity was always like artistry. So it was it was not necessarily coming up with the ideas, which is what I think it is now, but it's it was like being able to paint or being able to do something beautiful that I never had any talent in. Or at least I thought I I didn't.
0: I'm hearing um, another limiting belief.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh so I was always somebody who you know just I ha- I had this saying to myself: I don't have a creative bone in my body.
0: Mm.
1: That was like my the word I, the the sentence that I would like repeat to myself over and over. And when you repeat it, you d- that's what happens in the world, right? You yeah. don't use those creative uh, juices or access them. And so I I was very good at like plans and structure, which is actually opposite of my personality and my human design. So um, like you, who you were trying to fit the mold of being this, uh, you know, uh, perfect child, I was denying my creative self in these jobs that was creating structure and, and, and helping, you know, with projects and such. And that's a, a skill set I have, and I've more more or less developed it, you know, it probably wasn't innate because I found out innately I'm one of the more creative types in the world.
0: I think that's interesting that you you heard that somewhere down the path you were told that you weren't creative because you weren't an artist per se and then you took that on as a belief and that became this patterning in your life and therefore you went to the opposite quote unquote extreme in that you create structures and planning which isn't itself creative that's what people don't necessarily tend to recognize Because we do have this thought or this feeling that creativity is artistry, when that's only part of it. I know a ton of artists that aren't necessarily as creative as I know business people that are incredibly creative. And yet, it's all the same. You can't be a creative business person unless you have some sort of artistry, because there's art in it. And you can't be an artist without having some sort of creative business background, or you're not a working artist. So it's really yeah. like, you know. Yeah, it, it,
1: yeah good point. Yeah, I, I would always say, give me something I can copy, and then I'll make it my own. So there is creativity in making it your own, I guess.
0: Well, that's what creativity is, because there is nothing original in the world. An original thing is just taking two old things and bringing them together and forming something new. So yeah. that's actually originality. So what you do is you you copy something but you don't copy it exact. So therefore it is original. Therefore it is creative. Therefore you are creating something new in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I I'm, I'm thinking now that I was creative all along and I but, but but where I really learned to tap in and allow that creativity to come was when I started learning how to be quiet. Yeah. Because I just um I've always been super busy and and I still have this really bad habit of preferring the doing over the sitting, and for me a lot of my doing was keeping me from thinking about the life that I was living that I wasn't happy in. Yeah. Versus sitting with my thoughts and allowing them to come up because those thoughts are going to be you got to friggin change your life. And so, yeah, so that, that I think kept me busy and then my creative side of me, which blossomed once I started to tap into that quietness and allow that to happen. I can't be quiet for five minutes and be like, oh my God, I have this great idea or this big download. And yeah, it's hard to turn it off.
0: And that's why I'm such a big proponent with my students of sadhana, which is a practice, a daily practice, a sitting practice, a meditation so that you connect every day so you can listen because when you listen that's when the the channel opens for divine creativity to flow through or inspiration or whatever you want to call it right and it leads you to doing the work that's actually in alignment with your soul yes so you were in the corporate world though right Mm -hmm. yep and then what what was the, the moment where you were like after sitting, because clearly it was from sitting. Were you like, oh, I there's got to be a change. My life's purpose needs to shift.
1: Well, I think the, I've been happy in the corporate world when I'm I'm constantly exposed to change. because so I like change. I like the dynamics of you know new people. And new, so as a project manager is what I did. I I love that the as far as a profession, like for me that was perfect because. I was always changing projects. I very rarely had a long project that I worked on. You know, they were cycling and changing and and usually I had more than one. So if one got boring, then there was always something new. And there was always a a wide variety of people. And I found myself always liking the more difficult people because my, my, my goal was to figure out a way to get through to them and get them on the team. So it's funny because a lot of what I do now is very much a lot of what I did. So if I I look back about, you know, that what are the things, the activities that I did in the different jobs I had, the jobs I didn't like or the projects I didn't like were the ones where I was like a one man show and it was like me myself and I, and or and it was very technical. And so I was kind of on my own, whereas, you know, large teams, a lot of exposure with, you know, different groups in the company, different uh, departments. Yeah. And so and also I, I prefer projects because I'm technology uh, focused projects that have an exposure to users. So like that there was an experience, there was an, an impact, right? I could I could see the impact so it had some kind of user facing website or some experience that the work i did mattered to a large group of people whereas you know like the internal infrastructure projects well, <laughs> i worked i had the, i was a project manager on an algorithm i mean it, it was impactful yes the algorithm for the blood glucose monitor for diabetics for dexcom And although you think the impact would be great, I mean, oh, it was like the most boring thing and the most arduous, and it was like I was by myself to work maybe with a couple developers. So, yeah, so the more – there's a real parallel with what I like, what I do now with my business, and, and what I was doing with the projects.
0: Yeah. So it wasn't corporate itself. It was what you were doing in the structure and that you needed to be motivated, activated in a way. And I was smiling, nearly laughing when you were talking about team, like leading a team, because that is my, that's what I love. I mean, I've got several teams happening, right. All all at once between all the projects, the films, the, my my team here, like there's all the Broadway show. There's all of these teams that I work on and I coming into the online space. It was very interesting because people kept saying, you know, got to get your first team member. You got to get your first. And I was like, first, I need to cut back. I got eight people. I, I'm ready to go. What are you talking about? You know, because for me, I thrive on that interaction and that mm-hmm. collaboration. When I think with creativity, it is defined by collaboration. When we, you and I come together and our ideas yes, and create something that is so much greater than I could ever have thought on my own.
1: Absolutely. I learned so much from the people that I surround myself with. I'm a sponge. You know, I love it. And uh, I can't imagine doing this by myself alone. And, you know, it's part of what I love so much because it's not an easy business to be in. And so there's there's a lot of things that fail. There's a lot of things that well, that experiments that we try. Yeah. <laughs> and we gotta re- keep re- plugging away.
0: We can reframe those failures as experiments yes. and as yes, lessons and all of that stuff. But yes, we fail. That's just yes. like the reality. That's the truth yes. of the matter, is that you're gonna fail. I can't tell you the number of failures I've had, especially in the last four years, but even before, one of the great outputs of creativity is that the more that you put out, the more you're putting out into the world, the more likely you are to succeed. Mm -hmm. I come from this background of the theater where Broadway, only 20% of Broadway shows are hits. You have an 80% chance of failure. So guess what? You're going to fail. Fail big, fail proud, fail loud. And then that time that you do hit, it hits. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think in the technology world, it's like nine out of 10 ideas fall flat on the floor. Uh, but, you know, innovation is so key. You got to keep keep doing it and keep trying. So how so, did you, as a perfectionist, you know, adapt to this kind of a lot of, well, I guess you did in, in your theater world, in your yeah. Broadway world, before you even got in. So you were kind of w- well exposed to that before it was, you got
0: into it was practice because when I came into the world, I was an actor first, right? I was a dancer and an actor. And so I was going to auditions and I was failing over and over and over again because you, I did, either didn't get a callback or I didn't book the job or what have you. And, you know, you, it's a practice. Failure is a practice. And so I would go to three to five auditions, you know, at least a week. Sometimes it was more. that would be two a day, three a day. And eventually you come to this place of detachment from the outcome. And when you can learn to do that, that's actually when you begin booking jobs as an actor or when things begin to sort of hit because you no longer have any attachment to it. And there's something energetically about that that allows for this space. And I'm not saying that you don't hold it. I held it precious. I held with reverence, not precious. I held it with reverence what I was offering, but I didn't hold it so tight that I squeezed the life out of it. Mm. And that is really when things shifted for me. And I, I began to learn that it was okay to fail, that it was okay that I didn't get that call back, It was okay I didn't book that job. Because you know what? That job wasn't mine. It wasn't for me. Because there was something else around the horizon. So, so many times I wouldn't book something. And then, like, a week later, I would book it. And I was like... That is why this is the job I wanted. I wanted this show. I wanted to do this. And it was like this or something greater. In manifestation, I talk about this a lot the idea of this or something greater.
1: Yes. Yeah. Makes it so much easier to handle a disappointment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and in the tech industry, how did, how did, there's money involved. So how do they, how do you, as somebody who's working in that world, Nine out of 10 times you say things fail, that's a lot of money, am I mistaken?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's more of the business development group. Okay. (laughs) So they they handle that and they go through that. So yeah, I mean, I I was lucky enough to only work on the fun stuff that, you know, they had already decided was going to work and I didn't have to really work on budgets. I was, I never really had to like worry about looking at, you know, is our bottom line suffering because we launched the worst thing ever. You know, I was was just like, next thing, (laughs) bring
0: it here, we'll implement it. And I bring that up only because as business owners, we do have to deal with that right Mm -hmm. now, right? When you have that failed launch or you have that failed product or whatever it is that you're putting out into the world, it affects your bottom line and, and, and your team and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How do you deal with those kind of? You know, moments.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I was thinking about, you know, in terms of what is, you know, what I've had to do for me, I just have always had this perseverance.
0: Yeah.
1: So whether it's in the business world or whether it's like a project I'm managing, it's like I am going to figure it out. I am going to, you know, do whatever it takes to make it work and to have it be successful or have, you know, the most amazing experience, learning experience from it. Like, because, you know, I, I've learned so much from my failures more than things that I did the first time and was successful at. There's no learning in that really. I'm reading the book, The Vortex right now, or listening to it, and it's so amazing. But one of the things that was talking about is that our soul has come here to expand And that the human form, uh, you know, there's two parts, the soul part and the the human form, that the human form is the soul's ability to learn because the soul can't experience through the the physical way. And so, yay, there's a human to do that. But that the, the soul can't expand without the differences, without the variety that we have. So that when you come across somebody who doesn't think like you or isn't the same or you is causing you like, you know, just difficulties. Well, that's the soul. That's what the soul wants because the soul expands. So if you're open, if you allow yourself to, you know, be inquisitive and be curious and, and learn from that, just like, you know, things that we might think are failures, you're expanding. You're expanding. And so I love that so much because it gives you a different perspective on what might be perceived from the human form brain as difficulty, right? It's it's like, no, that's my opportunity to expand.
0: Do you know the author Gary Zukov? He talks about this quite a bit in that it's like earth school, that we're here for school and that the soul is here to learn. And the more you embrace that, the more you actually learn and graduate, so to speak, to the next level or, and and it's not, it's nonlinear. So it's not like you're at level A, now you're going to level B, but that you, the more you will expand into your heart, into yourself. The Seed of the Soul is his, his book, which I just saw is 36 years old, which I can't believe that makes me feel a little old, but whatever, 36 years old this, this concept that he, that he brought that I love. And it's very similar to what you're talking about. In the yeah. context.
1: Was he on Oprah a, Yes. a few times? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know exactly who times. that is. Oprah was my first soul teacher. Yeah. Like I learned so much because we, my, my parents, we, we didn't learn any of that stuff. We didn't go to church and, you know, they never thought there was anything after this. And so you know, I kind of had to figure all this stuff out on my own. <laughs>
0: I think we all Later do. Later in, in life. W- I think we all do in some ways. You know, some people yeah. get lots of like dogma, like you had the reverse, no dogma whatsoever. Some people have lots and lots of dark dog- I was yes. more like you. I wasn't. We didn't go to church. I didn't. That's not. I went to church with my, our next door neighbors because I liked it. So that should tell you how inquisitive I was. Even yeah, I had at- a
1: boyfriend who was LDS, and I would I went to church with him for a year. no yeah. And his family. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just because out of curiosity. So of course, these things are naturally yeah. within us, right? Yeah. To so like uncover yeah. over time. Yeah. Which which leads me to purpose. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your take because you work a lot with people who are finding their purpose, maybe a little later in life. What does mm-hmm. that mean, or how does one find your purpose as you age?
1: Yes. Well, I I work with people over fifty, and really my uh the audience who is interested in what what cuz I have a podcast too so I talk about this on my podcast but they're feeling a bit of a void now that their kids have gone on and are grown up and aren't needing their their input anymore and so they're really struggling with that identity that they had um the role of mom and you know that was me even though I was I worked full time my role and my identity as a mom, I felt was my purpose, or our large purpose uh, in my life. And so when my kids grew up and you know left home, which was great. I mean, launching children is is a really it's it's, it's a masterful thing that you can do, and having them be successful. But then, oh my gosh, I I don't have that purpose anymore. And so we try to fill our our lives up with things that don't have a lot of meaning to us. And I realized I wasn't happy in my marriage. I wasn't happy in my job. And it was like my kids as my purpose really filled up my life. And then my life became empty. And so what what I've found purpose to be is, and because I actually didn't go in the quick direction to purpose, I kind of meandered. I took the long way around the bend. So what I realized is, yes, I was unhappy in my marriage. So I thought, I'm so, I have no passion. I didn't realize it wasn't purpose that was missing. I thought, oh, I just need a new mate. (laughs) So, so I got divorced, uh, rekindled an old relationship. And so that filled and kind of kept me, you know, focused on that for a little while. But then once we got married, my, my old boyfriend from high, from college, we got married. So it was great. And it is great. And I think that's part of what my life was meant, you know, the, the road I was meant to, to travel however it, it did sidetrack me from what was the real pain inside of me i was going for external satisfaction versus internal and purpose is an internal fire that we must initially i mean if we if, if we're, there's no fire we need to light the fire and we need to find something that we're interested in and so what i found purpose to be is something that has a lot of meaning to you So it has to have meaning to you. And it not only has to have meaning to you, but you have to have a reason for it. Like it has to, you have to feel like you're providing value in some way. Because the most purposeful times in my life is where at the end of the day, I feel like, oh my gosh, I contributed in some way and it meant something to someone. It has to be more than about us just being happy. (laughs) It has to be about us helping to make the world a better place and it doesn't have to be masses of people. It can be just a few people. And that's what we were as moms. We had, we were making these little people happy. And in turn, it gave our life meaning and our life value. One thing that I find that is misunderstood with purpose is that people think there's this nirvana. Like when I get to it, like the wizard of Oz, I'm going to like, know it, right. It's going to be like, Oh, and what they don't realize and the people who come into my world and start to learn the things uh, that they learn, what they realize is that I, I say purpose is not a noun. It's a verb because it's it's the journey to find that purpose. And in the doing of the journey, the activity that you're doing fills you with purpose. Yeah. And is, so that's why people say, "Are oh, there's multiple purposes. Yes. I mean, I, I think there can be multiple purposes. But the ultimate thing is that you're filled up while you're in the activity and you're in the doing.
0: Because in many ways, you're talking about self-actualization. You're talking about self-realization. You're talking yes. about you are the purpose. Exactly. Your purpose of, being here, of yes. beingness. The Bhagavad Gita, if you've ever read yes. the Bhagavad Gita. It's yes. really... Your whole description of that made me think of that book because it really is the dharma or your purpose of being fully you. Yes. And that, so yes, of course, you're going to have multiple purposes. Of course, there are going to be multiple things that light you up and that help people because you are a multifaceted human being walking this planet in this soul at right now or the soul is in this body right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad you said that because that was the next thing I was going to say is we've lost ourselves along the way. Yeah. And when you get to be 50 or 60 or even 70, I have some of my students are in their late seventies. You've lost who you are and you've become this person like Nick, the person who's trying to please Lori, the person who thinks she's unkind. These are things that we've adapted to because people have told us that's what we are or we've perceived it through something that might have just been a small comment a teacher made in eighth grade or something. So we, it's a realignment with who we are. And that's what we do in the program that I teach. And it's so funny because we're just ending the, the big, you know, six week learning part. And we had a call on Tuesday night and one of the people, she said, this is so much more than what I thought it would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I, learned so much about myself yeah and she found out it's not the nirvana it's all within and it's just incredible to see the lights come on the spark get lit and and it's a process you know Uh, it's 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 a continuing ever-evolving process and that's why i say persevere because like i i want to keep doing what i'm doing but it's like a constant discovery of yeah. the new things that I like or the new, you know, interesting things that I, to, that are revealed and uncovered and it never stops.
0: It's the seeker's path. It's the seeker's mm-hmm. path. It, it's an yeah. uncovering of the, of the next level or the next layer, or the next part of the self. And it's a thing of such great beauty, which is, you know, this is why I love you so much because we teach similar things obviously and at the root they may yes. look completely different. It looks completely different on the outside, what you teach versus what I teach. But at the root level is that uncovering, unmasking, returning to love, returning to the deep part of the self. Yeah. And and remembering yeah. who you are.
1: Yeah. And and, and I, I tell people this, and but until they experience it, they don't really understand. But that just changing the, the energy to be in alignment. Yeah. Like, it it changes the you like they're like oh well this my mother did this and she's never done that before I'm like no. i don't understand why she did that because that's not who she is and i was like well that's that's who you thought but what if you were to think that just by you changing it could change those things and she's like dumbfounded and i'm like it's so crazy that and 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 i i would love for any listener who's listening who thinks it's too late for them because that, for me, I mean, I was turning 60 when I really started diving into this stuff. And I'm now 64. So I've learned so much in the last four years, like dog years. But I just want everybody to know it is never too late. Never, never,
0: never. It's absolutely never too late. And it's been a joy because I saw you at the beginning of this journey. And to watch this un- Unraveling of the self, this it's been like so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, there's been claw scratching and like, you know,
1: <laughs> no, that's, the, that's the the wild animal in me. Like, yeah, yeah. I've been
0: let loose, <laughs> but, but it's not always pretty, right? Like, that's right. the truth of the matter, too. Yeah. Like, but but you have been let loose and it's been uh beautiful, and I love what you've done with your community. Which, you know, I think when you started, it was called Not Your Average Grandma.
1: What did well, that? Well, I am Not Your Average Grandma. But when I started, my program was called Make the Rest Your Best.
0: Oh, I was like beta. you are the Not Your Average Grandma. Well, I knew that on social. <laughs> yeah. I knew yeah. that on social. What does that yeah. mean to you, Not Your Average Grandma?
1: Well, I think for my, most of my life, I settled for the life I didn't want. And so what it means to me now is that I, I'm never going to settle. and And I don't want anybody to settle. So I want not your average everything. Mm -hmm. I I mean, nothing, average to me is status quo. And so many people are sitting in the status quo and they want something else and they're thinking about something else. And they're, they're, did you know that um, over 50% of Americans at least once a month think about, what if my life were different? I mean, that's that's a pretty astonishing uh, statistic. And almost 30%, Think that, at least once a week. So, so there's a lot of people out there that are settling for mediocre, and a lot of people I know, women because that's what I work with, is who I work with, but uh, feel guilty for it, for 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 feeling like they want something else. I should be happier. I don't understand why I'm not happy, and that's selfish of me to want something else because most people would be happy with this. My husband used to say that to me. He goes, you have such a great job and you make so much money. So many would give anything to have that job. So I'm in this job that I hate and telling myself I should be happy. And so a lot of people do that.
0: That resonates so deeply with me because I had a life in new york with my my old business with broadway producing with, with the accolades with the with all of the awards all of that but it didn't feel like it was my life if that makes sense didn't feel quite right and i felt guilty about it because i was so successful i felt guilt and this strange like oh i should feel differently and if anybody's out there that's listening hello my students Thank you for listening. Thank you for those of you that aren't yet my student or Lori's student yet. Yes. That are listening, that are feeling that way, that feel like, because generally speaking, all you all out there, I know you all, you're high achieving, you're ambitious, you're doing it, you're making stuff happen. That's That's who comes and works with me. So I know that to be true. It's okay to have those feelings of, oh, no, maybe this isn't right. Maybe I need to make a change. Maybe I need to, as you said, no matter if it's at any age, if it's at 50, if it's at 60, if it's at 70, at 80. Let me tell you the story of the 99, 98, 98 98-year-old meditation student that I have. She decided at 98 she was going to begin painting. 96, she was going to begin painting. I'm getting the numbers wrong. 96, she's going to begin painting. At 99 years old, she ended up in a gallery. At 98 years old, she took my yoga, my, my meditation class for the first time. She came up to me afterwards and she said, I'm almost 100 years old. And this is the first time I've ever, med- ever meditated. And you brought me peace to the level I've never experienced before. And I said, no, you did. And we developed this lovely friendship. We ended up in ARP Magazine because of it. And she just passed. My, my dear Helen just passed at 103 the, the, this mm-hmm. fall. But wow. She, I will never forget her because of, like you're saying, it's never too late. She proved it is never too late to be an artist and be creative. It's never too late to meditate and get quiet like you were talking about. It's just never too late. Yep.
1: Yep, and I'm sure those last years of her life were the best years.
0: Uh, without a, I mean, maybe not physically.
1: Right, right. You
0: know what I mean? But like, but like but peace,
1: like, she had peace. peace. That, yeah, and she Emo- found meditation. And, yeah,
0: emotionally and artistically and 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 all and all of those things. Yeah. Is there anything you wish that you knew earlier in your life?
1: Yeah, I wish I knew how easy it is hmm. to once you're in alignment. Like, I wish I knew the signs of misalignment. That, that when, you know, you're not feeling good and the negativity that is, is around you and, and, you know, that – and the conflicts you see and the judgment that you're placing on other people, that I, I wish that was just – that I knew that those were signs of just not being in alignment with who you really
0: are. Yeah, because it comes back to that feeling state. Yeah. When you're in alignment, it doesn't feel shitty. It doesn't feel like crap, right? It feels good you're making an impact, you're making a difference, you know, you feel it, you sense it within your entire body. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I just regret because I think, you know, I could have helped a lot more people and I could have had a lot more, a lot richer relationships. And, and, uh, you know, but I, I, I don't know if I, I told you this, but when we had before the pandemic, and we had one of our retreats, um, and we did a meditation, we did a guided meditation, it was about meeting our future you. Oh yeah, and it always chokes me up when I, it's like, I hope I won't cry. But um, you know, I met my future you in the meditation, and she was really old, kind of like your Helen probably. Yeah. She's like really wrinkled and little, and and I met her, and I I apologize to her for finding my my purpose, what I'm doing right now, that I love so much, and I apologize for for taking so long. Like like I'm sorry I didn't do this sooner. And she told me and hugged me and said, that's okay. Yeah. You weren't meant to do it any sooner. Yeah. And it was like, I cried. Like, that was like, wow. It was like, oh, it's okay. It's okay to be late. It's,
0: it's <laughs> because okay. I couldn't
1: do what I do now if I hadn't had that lived experience.
0: You need all of that. You can look back now. I know that I can. I can turn back around and look and look at all of the little pieces that led me here. That if I didn't have all of those pieces, I wouldn't be able to serve in the way and as well and make the impact that I can now. I wouldn't have been able to do it. And I often wonder at people that are that are maybe a little bit younger that have that are able to in their own way. And I did in my own way then. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Final three questions. We do these, these are these are these are these are rapid questions, the final three. Okay. First is, who is someone that you would love to collaborate with that you haven't yet so far?
1: Oh, gosh. I think the first person that comes to mind is Mel Robbins because I love everything she does.
0: She's so salt of the earth, right? Like She I is love so, that,
1: like, like, authentic.
0: Yes. I love that about her. Yes. Okay. The next one is, what is your next great manifestation?
1: Well, I just had a recent one that was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, it was so simple, but I just want to tell people how simple this is. I was reading the vortex and I was on an airplane to go to Phoenix that was delayed, and and I, I, it was a connecting flight. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss my and I'm going to get in really late. And I, the event starts tomorrow, and it's like, but I I got an, a plan B, so I had the, the the I got the later flight while I'm riding in the airplane and there was no way I was going to make my connecting flight. So on the, on the airplane, I was listening to the vortex and, it was, and I it was right. The law of attraction chapter. It was like, right about like, you can have whatever you want. You just got to believe it. You got to put the energy out there. It's the energy you put out. It's, it's the universe will help you. will get, I mean, it's stuff I knew, but it was said in a way that it was like, really like more resonating. And I was like, you know what? I want that connecting flight. And I I believe that it's gonna work for me. I really do think it's gonna work for me. Well, the next thing you know, the captain gets on the plane and says, We're making really good time. And we're gonna we're gonna get there and we're gonna try to get you to your connections. So we landed and and then I had to wait for my stupid bag to come out from the, you know, it's the smaller plane. So it was like tick, 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 and but I wasn't, I was just like relaxed. I was like, okay, I'm just, nothing I can do. I'm just got to wait. And it, I had like 30 minutes. And so the tick, 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 and then probably by the time I got my bag, I had like 20 minutes. I looked at my, my app and it said 13 minutes to get to the other gate. So I figured by the time I got there, the doors would be closed, but I just booked it. Grandma running through the airport I had my heavy backpack I had my my suitcase like roller behind me and I'm just running running get all the way of course they're both at the other opposite ends of the of the terminal my gates so I get up there, there you tell the very end of the boarding, and I said to the guy, I said, Hey, I was on the original flight. Super, I was super nice. Um, and I said, I was on the original flight, and I just wanted to know, is there any possible chance of me getting on the plane? And he goes, uh, we're full. He goes, I'll put you on standby, but there was already people on standby, and so it, you know, didn't look good for me. But I was like, he goes, just stand over there and we'll see, you know? And I said, Okay. So I just stood there and waited for about five minutes. It wasn't very long, five minutes. And then I heard him talk to the the woman next to him and was like, are we ready? We're going to close the flight, going to close the flight. They did last call. Nobody came. So he he says, he, the sign goes up closing closing the gate or whatever, the flight. And he looks at me and he said, got you, got you in. Come on. So he, get, he gives me my ticket. I was the first one he called. He didn't call any others on standby. And he gave me the ticket and not 10 seconds later. A guy runs up and says, here's my ticket. Here's my ticket. <laughs> and he looks at the guy and he goes, I'm sorry, we gave your seat away. <laughs> so I seriously, and and then, oh, and right behind me, like while well, I was standing there five minutes earlier when I got there, it was probably like 20 seconds behind me. Three more people came that were from my flight that were trying to get on the flight. So, I mean, all of these things, you know, I, I not only believed it would happen, I was detached from it because I, I, you know, I had a plan B and, and, but I took the action. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I hooked, I hoofed it there and yeah. Oh, and then I'm on the flight and the guy comes around, the flight attendant, and he says, would you like something to drink? And I was like, do you have any Baileys? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I'll have some Baileys and coffee. And he looks at me, he hands me two Baileys and he holds my hands and he winks at me. And I'm like, that <laughs> that never happens either. <laughs> it does now. <laughs> so that's my I, I you know, and I just am like, I don't I'm gonna manifest something. I I don't know what it is, but that that was really cool.
0: I love that. I do love that so much. Okay. Final question. It's a fill in the blank. Okay. I am.
1: Oh gosh. I, you know what, the first thing that came to mind was yeah. I am energy. Love it. I, that That's was like the first thing that dropped to me, which was like, that's crazy because,
0: yeah. That, that's, that's why I asked that question, because it's the first thing that comes to mind. That's yeah. what I want to hear, Yeah. right? Before we have time to think about it, before we have time to, you know, like create our our statement, you know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. what, is, what is it? Yeah. What is like that, that, that that's uniquely coming from you that is? spark of creation in your being
1: that makes me happy that that is the person you gave to me yeah yeah it makes me feel like that's my soul talking
0: yeah it sure is sure is yeah well your soul talked to my soul today and I really really enjoyed our conversation I appreciate you and thank you for your friendship and for all that you're doing in the world for those over 50 and anybody else for that matter who wants to come learn from you so
1: yeah yeah, Thank- I hope I get to see you soon because you're gonna be in.
0: I'll, I'll see you in a couple. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Couple weeks, yay! Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. So, be sure to give us a DM. What's your what's your what's your Instagram? What's your handle? So
1: it's not your average grandma with underscores between the words. Not underscore your underscore average underscore grandma.
0: We'll make sure it's in the show notes so people can click right on it because I want them to DM you and me their takeaway from today's episode. I know that you've got a lot of choices out there to listen to. And so I really want to reiterate how much it means to me that you listen to this podcast, that you choose to spend your hour with me and with Lori today. And always, I'll see you on the next episode.